Well, we're doing things in a little bit different order, and I meant to mention to you, too, that this was the only day that Brian could get with his family in Temple for Christmas, so we appreciate Scott stepping up and leading our worship. I want to ask a question to some of the younger folks here in the audience, and I was trying to determine what age to cut this off with. Let's go with about 22 or college. If you're in college or you're 22 or below, then I'm going to ask you a question right now. Ready? And I want you to raise your hand if this applies to you. How many of you of that age group have already begun thinking about what you want your future to be like? You're already starting to... Not yet. I haven't asked you to raise your hand yet. Okay. You're already making plans about who you want to be and what you want to do with the rest of your life. Okay. If that applies to you, raise your hand. All right, good, okay, good, all right. Now then, now I want to ask the rest of you a question. Those who are above college age, who have already gotten into this adult thing, all right? Here's your question. How many of you, your lives have gone exactly like you planned them when you were young? Okay, guys, the younger folks, look around and see how many hands are up. All right. Word of warning, it's great to make plans. We are always making plans. We need to make plans. But we need to be realistic enough to know that most of those plans will change. Life seems to throw us curveballs along the way. Things don't go as we plan, so we're constantly having to reevaluate. As the GPS says, recalculate and determine where we're going to go now and what we're going to do. The real key to successful living is being able to do that well, to be good at changing plans and staying on course. Now, I mentioned GPS. That's been one of my favorite new technologies. That thing has helped me so much. And it's always a great blessing when you're in a place where you don't know the place and you put your destination in and it takes you there. But I like to play with mine too. Uh, Sometimes I'll put in a destination where I know where I'm going and just see which way it wants to take me there. And sometimes I agree with that way and sometimes I don't agree with that way. So I'll go a different way. And it's always fun to watch that GPS adjust to my driving. For example, yesterday I was out at a home in Dove Creek, and uh, it was time to come back home, and I knew the way home, but uh, most of the time you go up to 67 and come back in. But other folks have said, you know, there's been an accident on 67, and the traffic is at a standstill. It'll take you forever to get in on 67. Well, my GPS wants to take me that way, so I went got in the car when I was leaving and punched the button to go home. And, of course, wanted to take me. Well, I took off, and when I was supposed to turn left, I turned right. And it didn't know what to do for a moment. It sat there and go, uh, okay, uh, go to the next corner and turn right again. And then turn right again. He kept trying to get me back on path. Finally, when I got to Knickerbocker Road, and I guess it figured out I wasn't going to go to 67, It said, okay. Well, it didn't say okay. It said, I'll take you home this way. And it brought me back to the same place, but it had to keep readjusting to get me there. 
It can do that because it knows where it's going. You've told it where you want to get. And if you make a wrong turn or if you take a detour, it'll make new plans to get you to the place you need to be. Now, the reason we're talking about this is that this morning I want us to talk about the story of a man who had to make a lot of adjustments in his life. He had made some solid plans about who he was going to be and what he was going to do, and he thought he knew what those plans were going to look like and what roads those plans would take him down. But all of a sudden, just almost in the blink of an eye, his whole life changed, and he had to change his plans as well. But he was able to do that because he knew where he was ultimately headed. He knew what his ultimate goal was, and even though he wasn't going to travel the paths that he thought he had been traveling and thought he would be traveling, he would still get to where he wants to go. The man's name is Joseph. You know Joseph. He's one of the men that we talk a lot about this time of the year, as in Joseph and Mary. We don't know a lot about Joseph's early life. We do know his dad's name. Does anyone without looking at your Bible know the name of Joseph's father? Who would you guess would be Joseph's father? Well, Jacob, of course, right? It's sort of like going back to the Old Testament story where the the list of names is given there in Matthew. We find out that Joseph's dad was named Jacob too. Now that takes us back to that Old Testament story of Jacob and Joseph. Remember that? Jacob had 12 sons and Joseph was his favorite son, wasn't he? Well, we don't know what this Jacob and Joseph's relationship was. And since we don't know, we have no information, I have decided it was wonderful. All right? It was just a good relationship. And you know, they, 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 obviously, Joseph grew up in a good home from the, the character that he displays. And I know that that had to come from mama, but it also had to come from daddy as well. So Joseph grew up in what we assume to be a good, religious, committed home. And we do know that Joseph was a craftsman of some kind. Now, the traditional translation of the word that describes what he did for a living is carpenter, and that may be true. Uh, He could have worked with wood, but he also could have worked with stone, but he was a man who worked with his hands. He built things. He was, I think the best way to say it, he was some kind of a craftsman. All right, well, Joseph had moved to a goal that he had set in his life because he had become engaged to a young lady named Mary. That's right. Now, we don't know that story either. I looked on Facebook, and I could not find their page to tell me the story of their engagement. Now, most of you who do Facebook know that these days, when you get engaged, one of the first things you do is run home and post the pictures on Facebook, don't you? Uh, It's a little different than when I was of that age, You know, engagement at that time was kind of between the man and the woman and kind of a little private thing, but now it's an event, isn't it? Uh, Well, that may be sort of new to our lives, but it wasn't new to their lives because engagement to them was quite an event as well. We don't know the exact story of Joseph becoming engaged to Mary, but we do know what the custom was for the day. 
and the way that happened. And I wanted us to think about that for a moment, just to see how carefully set these plans were for Joseph's life. Probably, Joseph's marriage to Mary was arranged by his parents and her parents. How do you like that one? We parents try to do that today. It doesn't work most of the time. Uh, We had one girl picked out for our oldest son, and that didn't work, so we passed her on to our middle son. Uh, That didn't work. And so finally she said, I'm not waiting for your baby to grow up, okay? But we weren't able to match our children, but they did a good job on their own. But back then, that's what the parents did. They decided, okay, we have a little girl, you have a little boy. When they grow up, they will get married. We also know that Joseph was probably older than Mary uh, because a man back then had to establish himself independently and have an income that could support a family before he could become engaged. Hey, guys, y'all listening still? Good idea, all right? One thing I always told my sons was marriage is a declaration of independence, all right? You don't do that until you're ready to stand on your own two feet or your own four feet together and be an independent body from your parents. Sort of sounds like Genesis, doesn't it? Where the scripture says that a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Well, this was just expectation there for Joseph's day. You couldn't get engaged unless you could show the means by which you could support your wife. So if you get to that point, then you, your engagement is entered into in a very specific way. It was a public ceremony. You had to have at least two witnesses. There was no ring involved, but the man brought a very nice gift to present to the woman that he was becoming engaged to. And the father of the bride had to pay the dowry at that point to the man which his daughter was about to marry. And when that ceremony was complete, then the two were engaged. And get this, they were known from that point on as husband and wife. They did not live together. There was no sexual relationship. But for one year, they were engaged But all along, even though they were living separately, they were not yet married, they were known as husband and wife. And therefore, you could not break the engagement just by getting together and saying, I don't think we'll get married. And it wasn't that easy. In fact, if if one of them died during that year-long engagement, the other one was then known as a widow. And if you did decide to break the engagement, there had to be a legal filing of divorce. So you can see how serious this matter was. Joseph had become engaged to Mary. We don't know for how long he had been engaged to her, but he knew what his plans were. He knew where he was going. He knew what was about to happen in his life, didn't he? But plans change. Let's begin reading in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary 
had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Somewhere along the way, Joseph finds out that this girl that he had known for years he would marry, that he had now entered into this solemn arrangement of betrothal or engagement, was now expecting a baby that was not his. Talk about a change in plans. What do you do now? We thought we were going this direction. Now where do I go? Scripture indicates that Joseph was quite torn up by all of this and that he really considered a long time what he should do and where he should go. Because he had some options here. And he finally, finally reaches his decision. And when he does, he's got a plan. But plans change. Let's keep reading. Verse 19. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. Obviously, Joseph is a good guy. And obviously, Mary means a lot to him. And maybe Mary had tried to explain this, but find one guy in this room that would believe her explanation, you know, of how this happened. And Joseph, though, still wanted to be kind to her. He had the right to preserve his own honor and to make a public spectacle out of the whole thing and to publicly condemn her For what she had done. However, he makes a new plan. He says, That's not what I'm going to do. What I'm going to do is we'll do this very quietly, very kindly, very gently, and we'll both go our separate ways. He had a plan, but plans change. Let's keep reading, verse 20. But just when he had resolved to do this, now, again, I don't know this, all the details of the story, but when I say that, I think that he was lying on his bed. And as he was lying there, he was thinking, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And he finally has decided that this is what he should do, that he should be gentle and kind and sweet to this woman. And then he begins to drift off asleep. And I'll start reading from this. I didn't realize that was there, different version. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But they had no union 
until she gave birth to a son, and they gave him the name Jesus. Here's a man that made a lot of changes, didn't he? Just a few days before all of these events, he thought he knew what his life would be like, and yet all of a sudden everything was different. He had to recalculate. He didn't know at that time that he would become a part of God's eternal plan, that he would actually have a hands-on experience of bringing into this world the Savior of the world, that his marriage to Mary and the birth of her son Jesus would change the lives of millions and billions of people, that what would happen with his life would touch your life sitting here in San Angelo, Texas, 2013. And yet he was able to make the adjustments and to turn and make, follow the different paths because his end goal never changed. He had already programmed within his GPS where he wanted to end up. And even though the road that he was going to have to travel to get to that point changed on him drastically, really his life in many ways never changed. He kept going that same direction. Well, what direction was that? There's a the little word back up in verse 19 that I kind of read over quickly, but it really is one of the key words in this passage. It says that Joseph was a righteous man. Now, in the New Testament, righteousness has to do with relationship. It really talks about having a right relationship with God. And somewhere along the way, as a young person, as a young man, Joseph had made the, 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 the decision and had set the goal in his life that come what may, he would have a right relationship with God. That that would be his ultimate end, his ultimate goal, that whatever else happened in life, he was going to stay with God. And he was going to be one of God's children. And he would be with him. So when things came his way that he didn't plan on happening, he just kept making sure that every turn he made was a turn toward God. Whether he lifted up the name of God and asked him in prayer, he meditated on his word, or just having come to know him through walking with him, he said, I don't know which way I should go now, but God is over there, so I'm going to turn that direction. What a great example that is for us today. If we set as our goal that no matter what else happens in life, we are going to stay close to God and we're always going to be headed His way, then when those changes happen, whenever a death occurs, whenever a marriage dies, whenever employment that you thought was going to be there until retirement disappears, Whatever comes our way. And we are called upon to walk a different path than we really wanted to walk or planned to walk. Just make sure that whatever turn we make is a turn toward God. When Joseph turned toward God and became a part of his eternal plan, 
It made God accessible to all of us. That little boy that was born, that little boy that was such a complication at first for his parents, was named Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, the Savior of the world. And he has opened to us the way to get to God. Today, reaffirm or make for the first time your commitment that that is my ultimate goal. That is where I'm going. And whatever path I must walk to reach that goal, that is the path I will travel. Let's stand and sing.